Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, the Monday edition, our recap edition. Desmond Johnson, uh, the leading rusher in Panthers history, Jonathan Stewart here with us. Skylar Callahan still off this week, uh, actually enjoying his honeymoon, got married Saturday in Stokesdale. So congratulations to him and uh, his beautiful fiance, well, wife now. Uh, so he'll be back with us next Monday. He's out for the whole week. He had to shut everything down uh, to get that done. Uh, Panthers and Falcons, I mean, in theory, you could say this is one of the best games of the year. Uh, it was up and down. It was all over the place. It was a lot of scoring, especially in the fourth quarter. The Panthers come away, though, with the loss in overtime, 37-34. to 34. The Atlanta Falcons take over sole possession of first place in the NFC South. Uh, the Panthers fall to 2-6 and six on the season, 0-3 oh, on the road. We'll get into that. We'll get into Stu's opinion of the flow of the game itself. How's Steve Wilkes doing, the interim head coach? He just finished speaking a little bit ago. Uh, at the podium, we'll hear from DJ Moore, who talks about uh, his crucial play and what happened after that, and a whole lot more. So we'll get into that. It's an open mailbag day as well. So if you have a question you want to pose to Jay Stu or myself, an opinion about what happened during the game yesterday, uh, any of that kind of stuff, this is a very interactive podcast. So you can actually respond, and uh, we will answer it live in real time uh, here on the show. Before we get into everything, though, a word from our sponsors at Bet Online: Football is back. And BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free, uh, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And where we start today is the box score from this uh, game on Sunday. Uh, Stu, just to set us off here, what was the one thing that you saw? What was the main thing you saw that stood out to you yesterday about the Panthers' play uh, against the Falcons? If you had to break it down into a, a phrase or a sentence from uh, coming out of that game, what, what would you use? Um, Poise. Um, number 11, Mr. Philip Walker, PJ Walker. Um, I think that really sets the tone for what this team is trying to be. Um, a lot of ups and downs. Um, there's a lot of opportunities where I think, you know, any other quarterback, um, that isn't made for that moment would fold under pressure. Um, I think everyone that's listening to this podcast right now that's watched that game yesterday, you have a lot to be happy about in the way that he he played yesterday. Um, you know, PJ 
taking the shots downfield um, when it matters, not just, you know, you know, you're up by 14, it's the beginning of the game, but when it matters and, and, and trusting his guys, because I mean, you know, there was a point where DJ Moore, you know, across the middle of the field, you know, drops a pass that was beautifully thrown. Um, it was it was kind of tipped a little bit and kind of threw DJ off of his rhythm. Um, but, you know, those types of plays where a quarterback entrust his receiver the way he did to come back to him to make the game-winning, potential game-winning touchdown catch at the end of the game there. It reminded me of the same thing that happened with the Seattle Seahawks yesterday when Gino Brown connected with um, Lockett uh, for a deep touchdown pass early in the game. Uh, Lockett dropped one. And, you know, Gino showed no hesitation and he showed all the confidence in the world in his playmaker uh, to deliver him another ball. Um, you know, things like that, when you see that from your team, when you have a quarterback that's leading the way he did yesterday with poise, um, it's a beautiful thing to see. And seeing him grow into that role, um, you know, in the, in the leadership role playing the, the quarterback position, that's what you want out of your quarterback. And I think, you know, a, a large, big kudos goes to Coach Wilkes with that. Um, his poise reminds me of Coach Wilkes' poise. How how coach was looking how coach was looking on the sideline unbothered mm-hmm. exactly how our quarterback looked yesterday which was unbothered um, so I mean I would say long long winded answer is what stood out most to me was the poise of PJ Walker and um and the way he played that game uh, for me I think it was the fact that we have not been a uh de facto rushing team, like running team, like a team that's known to run the football really since you were here. Like I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, even after you, you were gone and, and Christian McCaffrey became the lead back. I don't know if we were really considered a running team per se. Yeah. Uh, we kind of lost our identity a little bit over the past four years from compared to the previous 21 or whatever. And l- yesterday, the one thing I wanted to see was were we going to stay committed to running the ball. Like we did the week before, we rushed over 170 yards. Oh, excuse me, we rushed over 170 yards, and uh, they did that. You know, 169 yards on the ground, 36 attempts, 4.7 yards per carry. Like that's going to put you in position to do a lot of good things over the course of a full season. Like I feel like the fans need to kind of forget the first six games happened. I know it says we're two and six, but you almost have to like let that first third of the season go because. It just was a totally different team. Like, this team doesn't yeah. feel like the same team that it was three weeks ago or four weeks ago or whatever. Um, now, granted, in this game, uh, I will say I was getting a little worried about your boy uh, Peanut Butter and Jelly first half. I, I was concerned. Um, <laughs> he was throwing balls behind receivers, in front of receivers. He just seemed a little bit off. Just, yeah. just a little bit off. And, but uh, he, didn't, he didn't fold, though. He stayed poised. And the one thing, and the one thing I would say, because of Wilkes, I believe he didn't fold. I believe yeah. Coach Wilkes probably pulled him aside and said, "Hey, you got this." Now go out there and throw the ball. Just, <laughs> throw, just pitch and catch. Yeah. Yeah, just pitch and catch. 
That's all it I'm is. Not, <laughs> I'm not going to yank you for Baker. It's just you, buddy. Like, you got but this. Calm also, the, but like you said, though, that running game, the identity is the run game. If you run the yeah. ball, now the defense has to stop the run, and it opens things up downfield. So I, I'm falling in love with Deonta Foreman. Just the, not just him as a player, but like what he brings to the offense. Because I feel like he jump starts the offensive line too. Like oh, yeah. I feel like they play off each other, and you yeah. get the offensive line kind of lathered up a little bit, and they start leaning on dudes. Like yeah. Deonta's a different kind of running back than than McCaffrey when, was. When you see a when you see a guy in a pile turning his legs. Yeah, while you're in the and and you see and, and I'm pretty sure you know as an offensive lineman you're like blocking the guy and all of a sudden you feel a jolt yeah, behind like, you oh, like oh he's right there oh they're not blowing the whistle yet oh yeah. man I can still go oh now I got I got a good grip on this guy I'm about to get a pancake was that a touchdown in the second or third quarter that Foreman had where like he got stood up like two yards out. Like you could oh. see it on the parallel camera where it was like boom. And then like you just see him <laughs> like move them all into the end zone. It was like one of them slow cartoons, like where yeah. like, <laughs> a building just goes, and it just got him in there. And I knew he was gonna get there too. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh, he's gonna get that. He's gonna yeah. get that. He worked that, for it. That boy's it's, it's, it's a mentality, man. Like it's like yeah. it's like a lunch pail mentality. They were comparing him to Derrick Henry on the broadcast yesterday, and at first I kind of scoffed at it. And as the game went on, I was like, okay, I see some parallels here. I can see why they were able to plug him in at Tennessee last year and not miss uh-huh. a beat because he's the same type of runner. He's an oh, upright, yeah. big dude, late in game. Shifty. People wonder if they want to tackle him. Yeah, he's got a little yeah. shiftiness to his feet. He, I mean, between him and uh, Chuba Hubbard, who we could have really used in this game uh, yesterday, although, uh, again, uh, the other guys, Blackshear Spencer showed up. Brown. Yeah, Spencer, Spencer Brown, Brown showed up. Some key carries. I feel like this is a formula they can use each week. Um, now, let's just get to the, the elephant in the room, the end of this game, 37-34. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, uh, real quick, Brad Tippett wanted to ask. It is open mail back here on uh, Believe in Carolina Panthers. Should the Panthers have used CMC and Foreman more like D. Will and Stu back in 09? Could they have had double trouble 2.0? That's a question we'll never know, uh, Brad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think they should have. But Very speculative. Or is that I mean, speculative they didn't, or – did they, they didn't really. They didn't really do that when you and him were here together, though, right? They didn't really run it the exact same way as when it was you and 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 uh, D'Angelo. It was. I mean, was there a difference? I mean, early on when me and D'Angelo, when I first got here, um, we definitely shared the, the backfield. We just came out of the game whenever we felt like it. Um, whenever we were tired, <laughs> um, just kind of had like a, a look to the sideline, like, "Hey, you see me over there tired? Come and get me." <laughs> um so it's kind of like a tag team in that in, in that realm um but we really didn't get to maximize our time together in the backfield because of you know injuries you know there was a spell of injuries that I had to overcome there were some injuries that he had to overcome so there's a yeah. large part of time where it was just you know the guy that's that's healthy that's playing so um, but to answer your your point, you know, should they have used Foreman earlier on? I absolutely think they should have, you know, because I think it's always good to have a change of pace back, um, you know, to just, you know, it, it, just give a defense a different look. You know, there's times where Foreman was in on certain downs, you know, when Christian was here, I would have wished they would have, you know, actually given him the ball more on those downs. So that way, it just wasn't predictable. Yeah. 
I saw that uh, before Matt Rule was let go, uh, Deontay Foreman had only had seven carries with us with the Panthers to that point. It's cr- yeah. almost criminal, like how much it appears that Matt Rule was holding back the roster because. Again, yeah. it feels like a completely different unit. Terrence Marshall out here making big catches. Yeah. He was I mean, MIA like the whole year until like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, right now what what's what's happening is it seems like Coach Wilkes is like uncuffing some of the players that have been on the team. Yeah. Um and his presence it's a, it's being a, there. Yeah, just his presence being there, maybe their confidence and then just him, you know, letting these guys know like, hey you're on this team for a reason is to help us win the game. So get ready, be ready, and stay ready. So, let, okay, so now let's address what happened here at the end of this game because uh, I saw a lot of people – usually on Monday it's me trying to uh, uh, assign blame to someone for whatever just happened on Sunday. I'm not going to do that on Monday. I'm not doing that this week because I don't feel like it's justified. And word from the NFL kind of proves that statement. So DJ Moore, uh, for starters, P.J. – Walker launched this football like 64 yards in the air. Um, yeah, 70. 70. Like, so they score on a touchdown with 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter, no timeouts. You're looking for that moment. You know what I mean? Like, you're okay, PJ, this is it. This is a moment. You can make a moment. And lo and behold, he somehow DJ Moore, I don't know how the Atlanta Falcons allowed this dude to get behind them, knowing what the situation was, but he did. He catches the football to touchdown. Game tied 34-34. From that point on, things go nuts because DJ Moore, you know, gets out the end zone, takes off his helmet, celebrates with his teammates, flag on the play. So the flag, actually, uh, Atlanta had a choice. They could choose to either take the yards on the the extra point um, or they could choose to – what was the other option they had here? Uh, I'm trying to find it. They had, they had two choices. They could do one or the other. They chose to do the yards. And um, Panero, Eddie Panero, the kicker, uh, missed it. It was a 48-yard uh, point-after attempt, uh, and he pulled it left to the upright. They go to overtime. Atlanta gets the ball first. C.J. Henderson, uh, who had been much maligned the past couple of weeks by Panther Nation for a couple of blows. Can you please signs. explain what that word means? Maligned? Yeah. Uh, he had been uh, basically picked on by the okay. Panther uh, fan base for blown assignments. Actually, just, for the listeners that are, just for the <laughs> listeners that don't have a large vocabulary. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> they, uh, they basically were making fun of him. <laughs> for, like, why are you here? That kind of thing. Oh, you're a rule guy. That kind of thing. Uh, Henderson gets the interception uh, off of Marcus Mariota. Takes the ball 54 yards up to the Falcons. 20. We're thinking, okay, DJ's going to get uh, – you know, the defense had his back. That's what I was thinking all the time. I was like, oh, the defense went out there and got it back for him, which they did. And then Eddie Pinero botched another kick. He yanks it from 32 yards out, which is actually shorter than a regular extra point. So here yeah. are my points here for that. For the ones that are all like, oh, well, we could have – DJ cost us this game. No, he didn't. If D- DJ catches that football, he tied the game. Like, literally, if he had not caught that ball, the game is over right there. What he did after did not – I mean, it didn't make it where we were guaranteed not to kick this extra point. And it it, it painfully drove it home <laughs> in overtime when Panero missed a kick shorter than the extra point would have been after DJ did it. So, in theory, we have no idea if Panero would have hit that extra point after DJ scored the touchdown. So, it could have went overtime either way. Would the odds have been a little bit better? 
I would think. I almost yeah. wish I didn't see the second one at all. <laughs> if I hadn't seen the second one, I'd have felt more comfortable. Like, okay, if DJ hadn't done this, then we probably would hit the extra point. This is what people have. Oh man, yeah. This is what people have to realize. You have a guy that fought for sixty minutes to win a football game, and running all over the field to get open, and he got open. Yeah, at the very last play of the game for well. Supposed and to it be a class play of the game. <laughs> it wasn't that much separation either. I think uh, I think ESPN or somebody had it was like a point eight second. I mean, literally, the dudes are on his yeah. back. Like, on his just back. On his, literally on his shoulder and his arm. PJ like going for the catch. And PJ threw a dime. Yeah. And so the excitement level that a guy has in that moment. I mean, I'm in my living room going bananas. I'm mm-hmm. over here Me pushing too. my. We got friends from out of town. I'm over there pushing them. He almost fell into the fireplace. It was I crazy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> my yeah. wife was sitting there to take a nap. I don't know why she yeah. thought she could take a nap on the couch during a Panther game. But my little yeah. my little nephew my little nephew over there crying on the couch because he scared <laughs> that we over there yelling in the house. It was. But, did you feel like he was going to catch was, it? There was a sense I, like I felt like he was going to catch it when the ball when was there. Like when, oh, I, when I saw oh. PJ roll out of there, the way he moves the pocket. By the way, PJ. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love how he moves out and Chef's gets kiss. to his place to yep. throw. He gets to a place, if you realize, if you've seen it. He gets to a place to where he can set up and throw it to wherever guys are open. And I love that about him. I knew he was about to make that because he dropped the one before. And I knew mm. he was going to get another. When he got another opportunity, he would make that catch and deliver. And he did. So he want to get up and throw his helmet off. I'm with that. I'm trying to oh, throw my helmet off too. I was throwing but stuff. You, <laughs> like, but now, fans, he knows the rules. I know the rules. We all know the rules. But do not make this a DJ Moore should have known better or had done better or right. oh he's such a bad da-da-da-da-da. like man. It's emotions at the end of the day. They had won gonna, ten games in two years. Yeah, man. Listen. <laughs> Like we, he he he's sitting there today. Like man, I should have kept my helmet on. All right, well, DJ, I just want to let you know, helmet on, helmet off. I appreciate you going to get that thing and scoring that touchdown because without you, my friend, we wouldn't have been in the position. Okay, exactly. you and PJ Walker in that offensive line, every player on that field at that very moment. I appreciate you doing what you're doing. Keep it going. Because we need that same hype. I need that same energy. It it felt good as a fan to yell like that. I haven't yeah. yelled like that in a Panther game. I realized since before Rule was here, like maybe twenty and nah, twenty nineteen was rough too. Uh, maybe twenty eighteen. Yeah. I lost <laughs> my voice yesterday, bro. Yeah, I'm sitting there hollering and screaming in the living room. I'm like, it, I don't. It's just the ebb and flow of the whole fourth quarter in particular. But those last couple of minutes and then into the overtime, I, it, I just realized it's been a long time since as a Panther fan it's, where I'm like up here. Well, you, where here, you felt invested. Here. Where you yeah, felt I was invested. invested. So, in the- so Panther fans, like, appreciate the moment of like, yes, oh, man, we almost had that one because you yes. really almost had it. And I know you don't – almost doesn't count. But what I'm trying to say is the level of excitement right now that these guys are playing, appreciate that, give credit to that. 
Now, we expect them to win, of course. We expect our teams to win. But we didn't get a lot of help with that penalty being called the way it was because I don't think it should have been thrown. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't either. Go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and Go ahead and school us on that, Devin. I didn't think about it at first because I I was more stuck on, oh, man, like when the flag happened, it was like one of those late flag type things where it was like, oh, what could this possibly be? And then they were like, well, it was thrown on the celebration. So I'm like, okay, so the touchdown stand. So I wasn't even really thinking about what he did. Then once they start explaining what he did, I, I really didn't put two and two together in terms of them pushing the, the extra point back. And it wasn't until later in the evening after the game was over and I'm sitting watching a movie or something that it popped in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Last year, the Cam Newton game on the road, Arizona, Cam Newton's first game back as a Carolina Panther. And he ran in for that first run and touchdown, that rushing touchdown. And the whole team goes nuts. They're celebrating in the end zone. What does he do? He, the first thing he does, he finds a camera in the end zone. He takes off his helmet and starts screaming, I'm back, over and over again into the camera. And I was like, that was the same part of the field <laughs> that DJ was on when he took his helmet off. Why, are the, why is it not the same? Because they did get penalized for him doing that, but they got penalized for group celebration, not taking off the helmet. And instead of it being enforced on the extra point, they enforced it on the kickoff. So the Panthers right. just backed up 15 yards on the kickoff, which would have been huge because – like if you if they had done it that way, where uh, we would have potentially been up one, and we would have been able to kick the football on a point where we could have put it in play because we've been fifteen we yards. Won. We would have won. Just call we it. We probably won, won the won. game if Panero <laughs> hit the extra point, and that's right. That's the problem with all of this because Panero yeah. actually had a chance to win this twice and didn't. And I can't be that mad at him because he's the backup kicker. He's not even the starting kicker. He's in right now because the, the main kicker got hurt, and he had right. up until this point. Had been hitting like eighty percent or something crazy on field goals. So I mean, I I don't know why he shanked the second one. He knew it as soon as it left his foot. Uh, but the team itself, everything I've asked for, they did yesterday. Yeah, they fought. Yeah. They got behind. It was like you get punched in the face. What do you do? They immediately responded. They kept responding all day. That's a reflection of the coach to me. That's a reflection of leadership in the locker room. Oh yeah. So yeah. Go ahead with yourself. Go go ahead with your bad self there, Wilksy. <laughs> Yo, I saw a press conference today. Did you see, uh, he's kind of swagged out. He had on App State, like, a sweatshirt and, like, some yellow, like, Nikes or whatever. Like, he, uh-huh. he had them chill yeah. out. He's doing his thing. Um, yeah. So, let's take a real quick look at the, uh, the the box score here, as we usually do on Mondays. Just kind of get a feel of what the Panthers did. Uh, P.J. Walker, like I said, he started out slow. Finished 317 yards, 19 for 36 passing. About 8.8 yards throwing, had a touchdown and an interception. Uh, he got sacked eight times. Is that right? No, 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 no. He got sacked one time. I think that's right. Uh, his QBR was showing 29.6. A lot of that was the first quarter. Um, Marcus Mariota in comparison, 239. Uh, he got sacked twice. He threw two interceptions. Deonta Foreman, we talked about him. 26 carries, 118 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. Three touchdowns, and I did catch on that broadcast. I didn't see the date, but they said the last time a, Pan- a Panther running back had scored three touchdowns in a game was you. It was you, Jonathan Stewart. I think it was twenty. 20- oh, yeah, I think it was twenty fifteen. I think it's what they said. I couldn't remember the uh, the year, but uh, the Vikings. Yeah, so- there you go. So the yeah. Foreman, esteemed company, uh, and Panther uh, running back lore uh, from yesterday's thing. He made me a fan yesterday. Uh, oh yeah. On the other side, we knew Atlanta was going to come in trying to run the ball, and they did. They rushed for 167 yards. It was kind of a platoon between Huntley, Mariota, had 43. 
Uh, yeah, Mariota uh, had a dagger on that run. I remember that. What what's that? That run towards the end there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it killed us. It killed us. Uh, I was like, there, there goes that duck. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose to a duck. Atlanta's weird, man, because I went into it like, okay, they're trying to rebuild, is what I thought. They got some young dudes, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like in the skill positions. Yeah. Mariota, if I mean he's doing what they're asking him to do. What did you what did you think coming out of that game about Atlanta? Because they're four and four. They're leading the NFC South with what nine games to play. Um that's another thing too. I keep seeing people going, Oh, we're 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 in third position for the draft or whatever like shut up we are we are only halfway through a season <laughs> like please stop yeah. talking about the draft like we don't want to hear it right now we're trying to win some games out here what was your impression of atlanta like our first time seeing them this year i mean kyle pitts is a player um you know i think his presence on that team spoke very loud and clear to who they want him to be um you know it's just a it's just all about getting them the ball. And for whatever reason, our matchups yesterday, um, that happened. <laughs> so um, I think – I don't know, man. I, I really feel like it's just one of those things where, like, you play this what-if game, right? Like, what if Jeremy Chin was in the back there, you know, covering deep? Like, mm. you know, would there be a Kyle Pitts in that game? I don't I don't believe so. Um so I just know I I just think it's just one of those things where the matchup, certain matchups for us just really were favorable to them um, on the defensive side, and just you know the run the RPO is all, always going to be hard to defend, especially when you got a quarterback that can actually get juicy, and so yeah, yeah. and then you have a tight end that is also very you know quick and and can move as well. So that's what they were really killing us with yesterday was the RPO. And um, so if you get a team that can dial in on that, um, I don't really see them going far. And I think that's what happened to them with Cincinnati. Um, I think Cincinnati was prepared for that. And so I guess the next time we see these guys, you know, we just need to really lock in on, you know, the RPO. Mariota um, is a perfect example of, we talked about this last week where, we were questioning play calling earlier in the year when Baker was still starting. They were running a lot of RPO with him and Christian McCaffrey and defenses were kind of just disrespecting it because they knew Baker Mayfield wasn't going to run the football with this yesterday. It was a different beast because we knew Mariota was going to run the football and we knew Atlanta wanted to run it as a whole and they would throw out of it. So it was a different kind of animal. I I wish, and Eugene Robinson mentioned this on the radio broadcast. I heard some of the post game uh, and he mentioned this too. There was a play where PJ rolled out, and to what you just said, he rolls to like a spot, like he's going to throw it. Mm-hmm. And Eugene was like, some of those he could take off running and pick up 20 yards. Like it, that's the next yeah. step for PJ. That is the next step is to realize yeah. those opportunities. Cause a lot of quarterbacks get in that habit of like, look for the receiver, look for receiver, save your body, save your body. And definitely there was like at least two of those where it was like an easy 12, mm-hmm. maybe 20. Um, but man, I'm not gonna fault that man. <laughs> Say goodbye. I, I don't have, I don't have <laughs> with PJ Walker right now. And Steve Wilkes uh, said in the post conference today on Monday that uh, he is the starter going into next week. He Amen. didn't do anything to, to not be the starter, to be honest. Uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. So he, I mean, it's the PJ Walker show. Maybe for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, they they got to start winning though. We're running out of road. Yeah. Dude, like they got to start winning some yeah, games. Yeah, I got to. They got. They gonna start winning, man. They are gonna get on the little. Uh, you know, 
I still believe in Terry Williams. Y'all call me crazy if you want to. <laughs> it's going to be tight. It's going to be it's real tight. Be real tight. Uh, here, here's the beauty of all of this, guys. We're two and six in the or two and one in the conference. Carolina probably Tell put it right here. If we win this week, Atlanta loses. We're in the exact same position we were in this week. Like, and we're gonna see them Thursday night, Amazon Prime. Like, we're gonna see the Falcons twice in like ten days. <laughs> so, yeah. if we can beat Cincinnati, I think that's a road game. If I'm not mistaken. I think that's on the road. Yeah, it's a road game. And Cincinnati's not exactly world beaters. I know Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. Yeah, uh, Jamar Chase is hurt, so it's gonna yeah, be he's to, out. Uh, to yeah. Who was that? Boyd and Higgins. Yeah, Higgins. G Higgins. Riggins. Yes. He's, they Riggins. still got a couple guys, but but yeah. Clearly, uh, Jamar's his main dude. Um, so they're coming at this limping a little bit. If we can get that and get we back, we definitely got to make sure we stop that run game. We'll get into that later Thursday, but yeah, Thursday we'll do our preview on uh, keys to uh, the game versus the Bengals. Um, this is this is that part of the season where people's run game, if you've been sleeping on it, it's gonna come alive. We're gonna so we, I, let's get let's get a little spicy here, real quick, because uh, Thomas Hayes comments you want to touch on jonathan vilma still being salty because Stu flipped his little uh <laughs> oh, on the block now he's all negative towards panthers every game he calls i was seeing a lot of uh people on twitter complaining that jonathan vilma was calling this game like can we can we send a letter or something to the nfl and ask them to never put vilma on a panthers game uh we've seen this from time to time i'm trying to think of the last one that was really bad at it where uh, if an announcer gets stuck calling like a Panthers game and they were like in the division or something for years, you kind of sense a <laughs> like of their yeah. voice. <laughs> you know, they he's he's got a lot. You know, he's got a lot of history, man. You got to respect the player though, like that. I mean, he's played yeah. and he's given his body to this game. So if he's calling games, he's got something to say. He's speaking from, you know. <laughs> I don't remember he, anything specific that he said that made me like perk up. It was just the I tone. Don't, I mean, maybe was, the tone of like, yeah, I remember when Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah, it was stuff like that. Like, because I think Cam it was Newton there was something Rod Rivera and his team. <laughs> and... They were asking about Cam Newton or something, and he lit up. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's just more because it's the Saints and Panthers. And yeah, hey, everybody, just move on. Let it go, like Frozen and Elsa. Who who would you say is the biggest rival to the Panthers in this division? Like who did, did you guys get up more for one team than another? Man, it really depended on the season. I mean, yeah, the season for me. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, when I first started playing for the Panthers, it was the Buccaneers, right? And easily, and then it shifted to the Saints, and then it shifted to the Falcons. Um, you know, I, I would say at its very peak, the Saints were definitely the rival because they were the team to beat because of the Drew Brees and yeah. uh, Sean and the way Sean Payton kind of rolled the dice and you know the whole cheap shot, you know, story that was going on with you know their defensive coach paying oh. guys to, to oh yeah do the cheap shots and all that. You know, that wasn't a story. That was a whole big thing. <laughs> like, Peyton yeah. got suspended for a year. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the guy, yeah. the guy, half the Panther Nation wants to uh, come coach here, uh, Sean Payton. He's not coming. <laughs> he's not going to be here. He didn't come here. He's never coming here. He's, no, he's our he's new Bill Cower. He is our new Bill Cower. That got, that went on for like a decade that Bill Cower was going to be the next head coach. And listen, y'all need, to be t- y'all need to be team coach Wilkes. Yes. Coach yes. Wilkes. Steve. Wilkes. Everybody likes Steve 
Wilkes. The players like Steve Wilkes. Everybody likes Steve Wilkes. I think Tepper likes Steve Wilkes. I think the, yeah. what's not to like? Like I, maybe it's just because we were thirsty for so long. It's like he just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's just this big, huge ass, like drink a Kool Aid or something. And like we just been walking the desert for like two years. Just Is that ice pink. water? Is he that ice up, water? Shows up with that pink lemonade with some sugar at the bottom. And it's like, hey, some yeah. of this young fella. It's gonna taste good. It's gonna yeah. taste good. So I'm. I, I want Wilkes to. I want Wilkes to win some games so that he can be in serious uh, consideration for Absolutely. this role next year. It just makes too much sense to keep him. Charlotte yeah. native, went to West Charlotte High School, App right. State graduate, been on staff, learned under Rivera. Like it just makes too much sense. Like to yeah. not consider him in here, and he won't get considered if we finish. You know. Two and fifteen or whatever. Like we got to win some games. Um, when does Jeremy Chin come back? Uh, that's a good question. That's actually a Skyler question. Um, because he's Skyler. really more in tune with. Uh, <laughs> he's Let's more in reveal tune. Yourself, with... Reveal yourself, Skyler. Yeah, I wish he would just pop up. And, like, <laughs> Jeremy Chin will play uh, next Thursday versus Falcons and then just like bounce back out again, like real quick, like off, like on a beach in Aruba or wherever he went for uh <laughs> for his Thank honeymoon. You. Um, hey, I, hold I on. Let me, let's give a quick shout out. I know he don't play here no more, but your boy Christian McCaffrey out there oh, doing the most man. right now. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Like, touchdowns, <laughs> catching touchdowns, running touchdowns. Like, I'm happy for my man, dog. What did we say last week? All he needs is a week. Kyle Shanahan just needs yeah. a week to see what he, what can he do and what can he not do. And he found out in practice this week, oh, he can do a lot. Oh, this is a unicorn. <laughs> I have a unicorn. He's not a football player. He's a unicorn. <laughs> I saw I saw that, uh, like, Shanahan asked, like, his coaching staff, like, I think Wednesday or Thursday of last week, they, they were like, can he throw the football? And, then, like, one of them came back with, like, a clip of him throwing a touchdown uh, yeah. with us uh, yeah. and, a, like, a 50-yard touchdown pass. And Shannon was like, all right, bet, and put it in. <laughs> and they ended up doing it. And I'm just like, all, right. all of my friends are messaging me like, oh, man, I'm so sorry for you. I'm like, no, nah, don't do that. We did that last week. Like, I'm I'm happy for <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm happy I'm for a, Not, I'm not going to do this every time he does some crazy 70-yard yeah. play or throws a touchdown or, or jukes somebody out of their socks. I'm not going to be that guy they message and be like, oh, man, he did You want to know who was surprising? Not surprising. Just happy for TMJ. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, Terrence Marshall Jr. Man, he showed he looked like a legit NFL wide receiver yeah, yesterday. I, and I love that they was going to him in the end zone for the jump balls, the 50-50s. You know, keep on doing those because eventually he gonna get them. It looks like Chin is eligible for play now because he was on injured reserve for four weeks. Uh, he's already okay. missed those four games, so technically he can come back this week. Uh, in theory, I'm looking to see. I know they won't have an update for him on Monday, but. Uh, I'm looking to see if there's been any oh, updates. That, be, that would be huge. Yep. We get him back for Cincinnati. Oh, I yeah. Feel, it's weird. I know we lost the game and I know how we lost it. Normally, this would be like one of those Panther Mondays where I'm just moping around. I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that was a bad way to lose that game. But I think it was the fact that they they shouldn't even been in overtime. Like, in right. theory, they shouldn't even been in overtime. We and scored a lot of points. Man, they, what did they score in the fourth quarter? They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, 34 points is the most points they've scored this season uh, in a football game. Might be the most they've scored a couple of seasons. I, I think the Kansas City game a couple of years ago, they were in the 30s, but I don't remember them scoring this much um, <laughs> in a game in a long while. Uh, two interceptions, C.J. Henderson got one. Dante Jackson got one early in the game. 
I like where they're going. I like the vibe of what the team is trying to do. Where before it was like, you would always hear Matt Rule going, you know, we're working at it, we're working at it, we're looking at the film, uh, we're getting better every week. But we didn't believe it because in the next week they would be the exact same team. This team feels like they get better. Like the two weeks that Wilkes has had them, last this yesterday they looked better than what they looked the week before. And the week before, I thought they looked great. Um, so, you know, it, it feels like they're growing from that 21-3 win uh, a couple of weeks ago to now. Uh, Rock Jones asks the panel, chances we still win the South? You already know where my head is. <laughs> yeah, Stu got us winning 10 games. I think 10 games wins the South. Uh, hell, nine might win the uh, the South. You might be able to win it with nine and eight. Um I think that the season is still young. I'm I'm kind of tripping on Panther fans throwing in the towel on this season. There's still nine games left in this season. We haven't even finished going through the first round of uh of the NFC South. Like there's still plenty of time. And this conference, I mean, this division is not that great. <laughs> it's not that yeah. great at all. Like the like we said earlier, if if we win on uh for a, a Sunday and the Falcons lose. We're in the exact same position playing for first place on Thursday night on Amazon Prime. And I'm kind of expecting that to happen a little bit because I I know I'm ahead, of, but I'm going to pick the Panthers to beat Cincinnati. I won't give Hal or the score, but I feel good about them on the road. Yeah, I feel good about them too. I mean, we got the Falcons right after the Bengals, the Ravens. They're not looking great. You know how I feel about the Broncos. Let's ride. Yeah, uh, yeah that's going to be a fun one. The Seahawks. <laughs> The Seahawks might be the one. Gino. Gino's Gino. He just Gino's Gino. kind of like PJ Walker right now, where he's an enigma. Like people don't yeah. know. There's not enough tape on him playing well for us to really go off of it. And he's playing yeah. really good right now. Um yeah, really good. Making good decisions. And then um, so I mean, you look at the rest of our schedule. I mean, the division games we gotta win, you know? So I'm good with us going. What's that? One, two, three, four in a row. And then Seahawks come in, you know, that might be a little difficult game. So five uh, and six. I, I, I think it's possible. I don't think it's crazy. Like, the, yeah. the way the schedule looks and the way they're playing, they're getting some players back off of injury. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I mean, Chuba, I'd imagine, might be ready uh, next week. He had the sprained ankle. Uh, Jeremy Chin, depending on how, you know, his uh, our stint went. Again, he's eligible to come back this week. We'll get some work. By the time we get to Thursday, we'll have a better idea if Chen will be available. Um, yeah. Still a lot of season left. Uh, a, a question with the uh, the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Um, Brad Tippett asked, would you trade the extra second round pick to pick up another edge rusher to help Burns now? They're probably going that direction in the draft anyway. I don't know who's out there um, that you would trade a second round pick for at this point of the season. It's almost like let uh, your tour gross matches grow. Uh, let some of these other guys get a shot, I guess. Because, I mean, at this point, you're going into November. I don't know who's available out there that would well, – the, the Broncos got a DN that I heard some some rumors they was trying to move somebody. But my answer to that is, man, I ain't trying to see no more trades. I'm trying to see these guys play together for the rest of the year. And, and just and Bradley just Chubb, gone. yeah, Bradley Chubb. That's the DN, former uh, top five pick. Uh, Bradley Chubb's on the trade block. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe they were talking about that before they won that game in London. They was probably thinking about tanking for the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. They was excited. Um, got the Broncos coming. Like I said, it's gonna be a fun week uh, when we get to the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I felt like Panther Nation, don't beat yourself up over this. Feel happy that we actually were involved in a game that people were talking about on Monday, like for the first time in like two years. Like I'm literally flipping through like first take or get up or whatever, like a deal in the mornings. And usually we're not talking about it at all the past two years in particular. They just don't even talk about us. And they're starting to talk about us a little bit. And some of the talking are starting to be like, hey, Carolina might be able to do something here. Uh, glass half full, not half empty. We're we're, we're okay. We're on better yeah. ground than we were a couple weeks ago. Feel good about that and the potential going forward that they've actually shown. I'm excited about that. Finally seeing some of these young uh, players get put in positions to potentially succeed, whereas before, some of them weren't even getting on the field, and there was yeah. no explanation for it. Um, but that's how I feel about it here in the end. Your uh, final thoughts on uh, Panthers-Falcons, Panthers fall 37-34 uh, in overtime to the Falcons, dropped the 2-6 and six on the uh, the season, but got strangely some new uh, some new light uh, going forward. What, what's your uh, final thoughts as we get out of here? Um, you know, the performance, you know, it was, it was good to see them put up points. Um, obviously, I'm pretty sure the defense isn't happy with how many points um, they allowed for, you know, the Falcons. Um, obviously one of those touchdowns was due to, um, pick six, um, off the, uh, you know, the screen lob there early on, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, we can win with that. And I think that's what everyone saw. And I think that's why everyone's really disappointed, um, is because you saw the potential of what the Carolina Panthers are to be and what we all, you know, thought of the Carolina Panthers going into the season. So, that being said, you know, I'm, I love this as a confidence game for them going forward into the Cincinnati Bengals game this week. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, guys didn't leave that game banged up too much. It's a short week. So, um, you know, I'd actually not thinking about it. I'd actually be surprised to see Jeremy Chin show up, you know, for that game because it's a short week. But, yeah. you know, that will help, you know, going into that game. But, dude. Uh, the Panthers look good. I mean, they offense look, o- offense looked good, and I, I really we needed that. We needed to see that, and we saw it. We know what the defense can do, and I'm pretty sure they are thinking to themselves, "We will play better." And oh. I'm, I'm excited forgot. about that. I almost forgot. Shout out to the offensive line. We need to shout oh. out to the offensive line because they are killing people right now. Like Iki Kwanu, uh has turned into not just one of the best rookie, like, linemen in the league, like, one of the best linemen in the league. Yes. Like, it's string yeah. the past four or five weeks. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's accelerated a lot of other things. If the Panthers are going to rattle off 160 yards rushing per game, they're going to win more than they lose. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. They just are. With the defense that we have, yeah, they had a couple breaks at the end or throughout, and then the, the defense needs to learn to go out and take a game. And they kind of started doing that today. Yeah. today. They were really trying. Yeah, yeah um, kudos to the defense for, like, that last play, we got that interception. Yeah. I mean, that That's was true. one of those things, but let's go get this and, like, win this game. Um, you know, I, I really love, you know, how the defensive line's playing, too, you know, led by Brown. That man, 
my man came alive, right? Where's he been? Yeah, like he just like soon. Um, it's so crazy. It's like as soon as this cloud got lifted, like all these different names started, <laughs> <laughs> like just randomly, like dudes that were never on the field, guys that had been out there the whole time, and like it felt like we hadn't mentioned Derek Brown's name in months, and now yeah, I feel like. Derek- we're, Two he, had like, he had like five tackles solo yeah. and seven assists and like it's, a five sack. The future's yeah. bright. The future yeah, is bro. very bright. Um, and now we just, we got some work to do. Uh, for those that are in the Steve Wilkes camp, we gotta get some wins, baby. We need some wins to, to justify this man's resume and uh, and keep him here. But uh, we'll be back Thursday, uh, one o'clock for the uh, preview between Panthers and Falcons. Uh, come on in. It's open mailback Thursday. Tell them why you're mad Thursday. Maybe we open that up to the public as well, uh, where we basically go through and explain something that irritated us uh, throughout the week. It's got to be football related, not necessarily Panthers, but it's got to be football related. We'll open that up with the open mailback on Thursday, too. Uh, you can listen or hear the, or, or watch this episode and all other Believe in Carolina Panthers episodes on the Believe Podcast Network, uh, on the YouTube channel for uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Just search that. Subscribe. You'll get a Reminder every time a new one's about to begin. That's where you can get the video and uh, the audio is on every major podcast uh, platform. Just search Believe in Carolina Panthers. So for Jonathan Stewart, the newly married Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening and watching to the Carol- uh, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Networks. Keep at it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.